0: Hey
1: there, everyone. My name is Christian Wynne, the director of Storyfort, and you're listening to Storyfort presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. Treefort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March. Though March 2020 was postponed until September of 2020, and now because of COVID 19 and the global pandemic that we are not super big fans of, but uh, nonetheless are paying attention to, of course, we have been moved to September of 2021. But hey, we're still here to tell you about all things Tree Ford on this podcast, and today we're going to go out once more to the Idaho Botanical Garden to hear some poetry, some conversation, some dramatic monologue, I would call Jodine's performance, but we have the awesome Jodine Re- Revere, Sriram, and Daphne as well, bringing some... Uh, Wonderful words in the third installment of our Bloom series out of the Idaho Botanical Garden. And we just want to say we hope you're well. And there are some cool new ways to support TreeFort and Storyport and all the forts. You can find out about at TreeFortmusicfest.com or at the WeFunder crowdfunding website. And uh that stuff's all in our show notes, so check those out. And man, we sure hope you're doing well. It's a lovely summer here in Boise, Idaho, and we hope uh, it is wherever you are as well. We miss you, and someday soon we'll see you back here in Boise. We're thinking September 2021 is going to be pretty awesome. So enjoy this episode of Story 4 Presents, live from the Idaho Botanical Garden. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for coming out, everybody, and um, yeah, this is our, I think, fourth installment um, out of five of this Bloom series. We're staying busy, um, getting it going. As we can see, didn't, we're not getting the massive crowds, but it's really cool to have you guys come out, and it's so beautiful out here in the garden, and also we do re-air um, on our podcast, Story 4 Presents, Voices of Tree 4 Music Fest, and also on Radio Boise. Some of this um, this content's going to go on the air, and yeah, we have three fantastic artist today, Uh, a couple of CCC recipients we can talk about uh, in a sec. One of them is Shriram, um, and his last name starts with an S, and I told him I would not try to bungle the last name, because it has like six or seven syllables. So, Shriram, if you want to just come on up to this uh, side over here, or kind of make your way up to the stage, and uh, I'll get your introduction going, but uh, we do have one more event in the series scheduled right now. We might do a couple of one-off things for Story Fort moving into the late summer and fall, out here at the garden um, It's been a really great venue To um, embrace I've Never done any reading series Out here for Story for it. I think the cabinet And some other entities Have done some readings Out this way But uh, it's just been A really cool partnership And gosh hope you're all doing well out there and our team is hanging in there making our own, doing our podcasts and doing this series and trying to stay relevant one one thing that's pretty cool i don't know if you you all saw it but there's a, a way to invest in Treefort, um and consequently story fort and all the other forts um you can buy shares in the festival anybody buy shares yet for $100, you can buy some a piece of tree for it. So we can talk about that a little bit more as, we, as this event ends. But Sri Ram, come on up here. Um, he's a first-year MFA student at uh, BSU in poetry. And make yourself at home. This um, We're going to be doing this, too. I told the artists this, but we'll be trading out the mics between um, artists and sanitizing everything. And I'll just be standing over here. Um, it'll be like a debate here, Shriram. We can, you know have a little discussion afterwards, but um, let me just tell you a little bit about Sri Ram. Thanks for being here, by the way. Um, he's a proud alumnus of the Seamus Haney Center for Poetry. Sri Ram, can you tell us how you pronounce your last name?
0: Um, it's It's Sivaramakrishnan.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I didn't attempt it, but thanks for being here. He's a first-year MFA student at Boise State University. His poems have received, excuse me, it recently appeared in Allegro... Coast to Coast Coast Bird Thumb Pigeonholes among others. His pamphlet, the debut, Let the Light In is published by Ghost City Press Uh, this in June of twenty eighteen. So and you tweet as at S H R I I R A M. So Anyway, you're a CCC award winner. We'll talk about that after you read um, your work today. Uh, Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that as you lead into it. Is that what we're going to be reading from primarily today? Yes. Okay, cool. And we'll get you to lean into the mic and all that good stuff and take it
0: away. Um, Thank you so much, Christine. Um, It's an honor for me to be here. Um, Yeah, and also right in the middle of this pandemic, um, reading poetry is just so surreal. Um, So... So the project that I've worked for the CCC fund goes like this. I'm trying to create a group of poems that mimic the spread of the virus. So what I've done is I've created six trains of poems. So a strain um, so I've used Google Translator to create strains and uh, these trains sort of mimic the spread of the virus. So for instance, um, say the first spread of virus was from China to Japan to Korea i'm just taking that for the first strain. so what i've done is i've written uh, an original set of poems and then i use google translator to translate these poems from english to mandarin to japanese to korean and back to english so this way i've created i will create two versions for the same poem and then these poems become a part of strain one and so the strain two would be from say korean to you know it goes all the way from thailand and and then the second strain enters europe And then the third train would probably move from across south-western Europe and then move across north. And so the poems that I've translated uh, um, are from English to Italian to Spanish to... And then back to English. So that way I've created six trains of poems. um, Six trains and each train contains two poems. And so two original poems, two translated piece I call them inter- inter-translation for want of a better word. So I'm going to uh, read. Uh, so I'm going to read this poem that I wrote, and then I'm going to read the five different strains that I've created for the same poem. Okay, <clears throat> this one's called "There is no assholism in online Oxford dictionaries." Oh yeah, I did the, the I did the research. One. This is the original poem, by the way. <clears throat> One the dictionary suggests nearest results from other dictionaries archaism and skeism from pocket fowler's modern English usage, Macronism and Amphibogalism, from Garner's dictionary of legal usage, Esor, a French word whose rough English equivalent is seat, Asalismo, a German word meaning topical, and isolism, a Portuguese word meaning isolate but archaism cannot be associated with assholism imagine aristotle calling some bearded greek dude an asshole and without a subscription to garners one can only assume that macaronism does not refer to the habit of eating macaroni we cannot be an asshole every day at the dinner table and not amphibogalism we cannot have a swear word that sounds so poignant and a word that means seat in English cannot refer to those who sitting on it. Assolismo rhymes with amelie Marismo and cannot be so. Isolism sounds like a subtitle for a Portuguese version of the next installment in the Mission Impossible series. 2. Wiki Dictionary defines assholism as the tendency to display consistently anti-social behavior. Once an asshole, always an asshole. The term deserves a better definition, such as the conscious act of being more than a D I C K, less than a C U N T. 3. Urban Dictionary contains a word called subtle assholism, derived from a seminal essay on linguistics, the middle class renaissance, otherwise known as the rise of subtle assholism. Subtle assholism is the art of being an asshole while at the same time being subtle about it. The essay contains, among other things, terms such as slackers, nonconformists, bourgeois, politics, bizarre compliments, The Simpsons, liberals, ex-girlfriends, smart ass, and outright assholism, as well as quite a few grammatical mistakes. Thank you. So now I'm going to read the strained one which has been translated by the Google Translate. <clears throat> so this one's called, there is no sympathy in the online Oxford dictionary. One, the dictionary suggests closest result of other dictionaries, the ancient and the Fowler's pocket rift use of modern English, macaroni and Ghanian sexual behavior, dictionary of legal usage, as almost the same as French words, Asolismo, German words, and isolation, Portuguese, specifying the meaning of isolated themes. It is impossible to associate ancient doctrine with alcoholism. Imagine Aristotle calling the Greek man with a beard. If you are not a member of Garners, you can assume that macaroni doesn't have a habit of eating macaroni. We can't hurry to the table every day. No taboos, no curses that sound violent. The English word "seat" cannot refer to the people sitting on it. Hassolismo touches Emily Marismo, but not. Isolism looks like a Portuguese subtitle for the next movie, Mission Impossible, a separate contract. 2. Vacationary defines alcoholism as a tendency to continuously show antisocial behavior. People who hate people tend to hate. This word requires a more appropriate definition of greater than or equal to attentive behavior is less than or equal to. Three, the city dictionary has a word called delicate alcoholism. This is known as a medieval linguistic article, the middle class renaissance, elsewhere of alcoholism. Subtle alcoholism is twitchy and hurting. This article contains terms such as lazy people, non-compliant people, bourgeois people, poetry, wacky praise, the Simpsons, ex-girlfriend, clever people, and others. Alcoholism and many grammatical errors. The so second strain. There is no sympathy in online Oxford dictionary. One, the dictionary suggests the closest result from another dictionary Ancient and Pocket Lives Modern English usage, Macaroni and Ghanaian sexual behavior dictionary of legal usage Asor as English, French words, Asalismo, German words and Portuguese Isolism almost identical to Portuguese meaning the meaning of an independent theme. It is impossible to associate the ancient doctrine with alcoholism. Imagine Aristotle calling a Greek man with a beard. If you are not a Garner member, you can assume that macaroni has no habit of eating pasta. You should not rush to the table every day. Violent sound, curse, violent sound, the English word seat cannot refer to a seated person. Asolismo touches Emily mirismo Isolation looks like the Portuguese t- subtitle of the next film Mission Impossible. 2. The vacationary defines alcoholism as a tendency to consistently show anti-social behavior. People who hate people tend to people, hate people, tend to people. This word requires a more appropriate definition of greater than or equal to. Meticulous action is less than or equal to. 3. In the city dictionary, it is known as sensitive alcoholism. A medieval language article, Middle Renaissance, another place for alcoholism. The article contains terms such as lazy people, non-compliance people, bourgeois people, poetry, wacky compliments, simpsons, liberalism, and many grammatical errors. Strain 3. There is no compassion in the online Oxford dictionaries. 1. The dictionary suggests closest results to other dictionaries, antiquity, and division in modern English usage by Pocket Fowler, Macronism and gender behavior in a Ghana dictionary of legal usage. Sit, a French word whose English is more or less equivalent to a place. Asolismo, German word, indicates the subject and Isolism, Portuguese word, which means isolated. Old age cannot be associated with alcoholism. Imagine that Aristotle calls the bearded Greeks fools. If you are not subscribed to Garners, you can only assume that macaroni is not the habit of eating them. We can't be idiots at the table every day. No contraindications. We can't have a dirty word that sounds that loud. The word seed in English cannot designate the people sitting on it. Salismo rhymes with Emily Marismo but it is not. Isolism sounds like Portuguese subtitles for the upcoming movie Mission Impossible. Two, Wiktionary defines alcoholism as a tendency to systematically display antisocial behavior. Once an asshole, always an asshole. The term should have a better definition such as conscious behavior greater than or equal to less than or equal to three the city dictionary contains a word called mild alcoholism which which is derived from the basic linguistic article middle class rebirth also called the rise of subtle alcoholism subtle alcoholism is the art of being a fool and he's also a fool this article includes among other things, terms such as praise, non-confirming, poetic, bourgeois, bizarre prize, the Simpsons, liberals, intelligent and sincere people, and many grammatical errors. The fourth strain, there is no absolute in the online Oxford dictionary. No, this dictionary offers better results than any other dictionary. Jules Fowler's Modern English Using Antiquity and Showmanship Macaronism and Abecians Use Garner's Dictionary of Legal Usage Sith is a french word equivalent to english at home asalismo german points for news and isolism the portuguese word means separate archaeology is not related to the monopoly Imagine Aristotle calling a running Greek anchor. Without Garner's participation, one can only assume that macaroni is not a habit of eating pasta. We can't be unconscious at the table every day. Not Abibian. We can't have a word of laughter that is so interesting. A word that does not mean English place can refer to someone sitting on it. As a Lismo is a poem with Emily Marismo, and it can't be that way, the Assassin's Creed seems to be the subtitle for the Portuguese version of the impossible future of mission. Wikipedia defines socialism as a tendency to show persistent disproportionate behavior. Then an asphalt, always an asphalt. The term deserves a better definition than an intentional act that is more than one letter less than one letter. 3. Urban vocabulary includes a word called subtle ascetism derived from the original text of linguistics middle class innovation also known as sub-aristotle's tool. Delicate subalternism the art of the tulips but at the same time beautiful. The article includes lazy, strangers, bourgeois, poetry, strange definition, Simpson, ex girlfriends, absolute caution, and extremism, as well as numerous grammatical errors. Strain 5. Absolutism is not found in online Oxford dictionaries. 1. The dictionary presents best results from other dictionaries. Pocket Fowler's Modern English using archaism and schism, macaronism and amphibians from the Garner's Dictionary of Law Practice, sitting, a French word that has the approximation in English at home, as a lismo, a German news word, and isolism, a Portuguese word meaning isolation. Antiquity cannot be linked to solar. Imagine Aristotle calling a bearded Greek asshole. Without Garner's contribution, one can only assume that macaroons are not a habit to eat macaroons. We cannot be half the word at the table every day. And no amphibians. We cannot have a dirty word that is so moving. A word that means a place in English cannot describe those who are sitting there As Solismo runs by Amelie Marismo and cannot be so, and Isolism appears to be a subtitle for the Portuguese version of Miss and Impossible's next episode. Two, Vickishnery defines Sololism as a way of displaying consistent antisocial behavior. When an asshole, always an asshole. The term deserves a better explanation than the intentional act of more than one, less than other. 3. The Urban Dictionary, there is a word called subtle hasholism derived from an original essay on linguistics, the renaissance of the middle class, also known as the rise of subtle asholism. Subtle subholism is the art of being an asshole but subtle at the same time. The essay includes terms such as laziness, strangers, bourgeois, poetry, bizarre price, The Simpsons left former lover caution as well as many grammatical errors. And my last train strain six Oxford vocabulary online not completed. A this dictionary offers better results than any other dictionary. Archaeologists of the pocket fullers and modern usage. Of dictionary and the legal use of the Abyssian corner. Ashok is a French word that is almost synonymous with English. Azalismo is a German word for stand. Loneliness is the Portuguese word for separation. This has nothing to do with archaeology. Imagine a Greek anchor with a restoration company. Without Garner's participation, one can speculate that pasta is not about pasta eating. We can't break the schedule every day. Not the abysian. You don't have a lot of fun. A word that, that cannot be translated into English means a sitting person. Ashalismo is a poem by Emily Morismo. It cannot be. Subcommittee associations seem to be the next version of what is impossible in Portuguese separation protocol 2 wikipedia defines socialism as the need for sustainable insecure behavior once asphalt always asphalt the word deserves better definition than a letter and the characters are less than cognitive function in urban linguistics sublinguistics is the term derived from the original text of linguistics, a medieval invention, also known as subesoteric rhyme. The subcommittee is art asphalt, but at the same time it is a subcommittee. This article contains terms such as lazy, foreign, bourgeois, poetic, bad commentary, Simpson, rhetoric, ex-boyfriend, proper warning, and justification and many grammatical errors. Thank you guys.
1: Thanks for Ram. Let's give another hand of, round of applause. It's another hand here. Um, that was fantastic and very inventive. I had the. Pleasure of, of of reading some of the proposals and when I read yours I was very blown away by just the uh, just the creativity behind it. This the the concept. So how did this come to you? Do you work in this kind of translating Google yeah. stuff often, or is this a brand new kind of project for you?
0: No, I guess um, I think it goes both ways because um, well I write in English. My original native my mother tongue is Tamil. It's a South Asian language, but I don't write in Tamil. I only write in English. And so I'm trying to translate poems from Tamil to English, which is a strange thing when it's your mother tongue, but you're not very comfortable in in that language. And so what happened was I sort of used Google Translator to understand certain words. I've studied Tamil, I know how to write it, but I don't write in Tamil. And so what happened was I sort of used Google Translator to understand a language that I've already known. And And that was a couple of, I don't know, a couple of months ago like beginning of this year and then the pandemic happened and then and then i also found similarities between the way a virus spreads and the way language spreads and the way language creates its own dialects and as the way it mutates across people and places and geographies and geopolitical systems yeah and that's how it happened
1: that's fascinating that's really some smart stuff i'd say <laughs> that's some fifth level things. but um i i do you know we read a lot of i read a lot of fiction and translation or a fair amount um and then you always always hear the translators speak to the idea of it's nothing it's only maybe like it was the haruki mirakami story one of his uh, best known translators It says still in english it only really has about 50% of what it means and kind of feels like in Japanese. What's your take on that? Is it mutates? It Maybe does it lose some meaning of language to language? or?
0: Well, I think it mutates. And also sometimes you find certain word phrases being completely assimilated by another language. And so when I found, when I did this Google translations, the thing was to, my original poems were in English and the final product was in English again. And so it sort of helped me in a way understand certain things because... The Google Translator, what I did was at some point in time, it's almost like an automated process. I only chose the languages and the systems, and then Google Translator did the part. And so what I learned was sometimes even the basic structure of the poem was changed, not just the words and the language structure, but even the the way the poem was organized on the page became very different. For instance, um, if I may, and there's a poem that I wrote as a part of the project, which is completely um built of parentheses and punctuation marks. And so when I translated this poem full of punctuation marks and no words, what happened was at the end of this, I found words inserted into the poem in the strains, which is a strange thing because the original poem did not have any word at all. And for me to find words inserted as a part of translation was strange and so it's a strange beast. <laughs> that,
1: yeah, that's fascinating. I'd love to see it on the page. Are you gonna plan to publish this series? Um, let's see. At this
0: moment, I haven't thought about it. Okay. Probably, yes. No pressure. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully, yes, I would love to. Let's see.
1: All right. Well, thanks so very much. And uh, you're going back to the MFA program at BSU. Are you guys actually
0: going to start in person or are you doing this online? Well, I guess at the, at the moment, it's a hybrid. So a hybrid, okay. It'll be a part of online and face-to-face, but I don't know it can go online.
1: Yeah, well good luck with all that and moving into your second year and thanks for being a part of the series and so much, uh, congrats too. on the uh, ccc award which is a COVID cultural commissioning which uh, If you haven't heard of such things it was happened about two months ago a thousand dollars to 68 or 69 creatives in the greater boise area and uh part of that was the proposal for your project um, And part of it was in based on need and just sort of um, your overall resume and whatnot. So Congrats. Thank you so okay. much. Thank we'll have Joe come up and clean this thing um and I'll uh get Daphne ready to Thank go. You so much. So, Daphne, you're up next. So Daphne Stanford. Daphne Elizabeth Stanford writes poetry and creative nonfiction since 2012. She's hosted the poetry show on Radio Boise. Uh, she holds a BA in English from Reed College an MAT in secondary English education from the University of Iowa and an MFA in creative writing poetry emphasis from University of Oregon. Her work has been published by Sisera um, Linger Post Press, The Monarch Review, The Cabin, Writers in the Attic, Cliterature, All My Relations, Rabbit Oak, Wallawa Journal, and Reservoir. Her chapbook, Inevitable Servicing of Bodies, was published in 2019 by Dancing Girl Press. What are you going to read for him today?
2: Well, I'm going to read... I brought my chapbook with me, and then I'm going to read something a little newer, and then some- I tried to write a little bit about this whole pandemic situation, which is, it feels like it needs something, you know? It's just, its it's been frustrating, because I've wanted to write more than I have, but um, I haven't been able to get as much done as I'd like, but, but this reading kind of prompted me to do a little bit of that, so it's rough, but its it's new. I don't know if I should start with it or end with it. I think I might end with it.
1: All right. That sounds fantastic. I know we can talk about that a little bit process during the pandemic, but I'll get off the stage and go for it.
2: Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Christian. Yeah. um, If you all don't know, if if anyone in the audience writes poetry or does art of some kind, I know that there are also awards going to people who are creating um, art about the pandemic. So FYI, if you're interested in that, I might be doing that as well. So I'll read a little bit from my chapbook first. It feels so old because it's a lot of these were like 10 years in the making, but um, but you know, some themes kind of last a long time. So I'll read I read a few. This first one's called Dust. Mama's vacuum echoes from the church balcony down to red carpet below. I push through apex shadows. Spirits permeate my bones laugh into my eyes the spectral sanctuary air says remember dust everything moon streams through stained panes of glass i clutch a rag streaked gray as bone smooth it over the stiff shoulders of the pews pass the cloth over them dust collects again mama are you done yet I glimpse a yellow moon-like flash of glove scouring the toilet. She wipes her forehead on her sleeve, bustles us into brightly lit classrooms to read until she's finished mopping empty hallways. She carries bags stretched full, heaves them over into giant dumpsters before we drive south down the forehead of the moon that follows, casting a map of ghost light home. Although the moon's only following the 101 South, I imagine mama's following the moon, that its lunar eyes and mouth are leading us into space, that moon dust replaces dirt in this place, that we will feel with our hands the moon's cratered face, grasp handfuls of the dust and allow the fine particles to sift through ungloved fingers, sparkling and luminescent as only heavenly matter can be. On the moon, we will examine the origins of our hands, our faces. This next one's called Mija, Listen, it's kind of like a little monologue that my mom used to tell me before I would go for walks for myself, <laughs> or before I'd go to sleep, or both. Anyways, Mija is like my daughter in Spanish. Mija, Listen, I watch your movements, your eyes, I know, we walk different after, it's only like make the one, no it's worth it, I know. Five minutes the hell, híjole. And for what? Better to stay inside. Don't go walking by yourself, no, mija, as danger. I cuckoos and perverts at night. In the dark, la llorona, she cries, wringing her hands. In the woods near the train tracks, dressed in white. Mija, cuírate. You see a black dog? No, go near. In Mítia's ranch, there is a room where the people hid from soldiers during the revolution. There's a sound of whispering, spirits not at rest. Through the courtyard, the dog, Hugo, running. Es el diablo. So cuídate, mija, pray with me before you go. Our Father, forgive us our trespasses, lead us not into temptation. Amen. <laughs> so she would say the Lord's prayer with me like every time I would get on the phone with her. <laughs> it was like a thing. I'm like, Mom, not, not again. <laughs> Anyways. I love her though, she's great. Okay. This next one is based on a dream I had about the ocean. I lived, I grew up near the ocean, and I'd go for walks, very, really frequent walks on the beach, but I had this really strange dream this one time, so I wrote about it. It's called Waterline. An iron sky consumes the harbors of Port Angeles, and fishermen open their nets above the mouths of tributaries, return to the rivers where you began. Wind advances, suctions all wet from the shore where I stand, toes to a line that sinks away, a brutal expanse of liquid moving backward in morning sun. Submarines descend to bottom. I walk over what used to be the continental shelf, now crabs and mussel shells in all directions. More than low tide, this is the ocean, withdrawn. Gulls drop oysters, then swoop to consume the stringy flesh. Manta rays and sharks writhe toward pools to breathe. Gills stop, reluctant. I meet a gray whale, mouth skyward. His life sinks under the blaring sun. This ocean has returned to sand and sky, I tell him as I tell myself. But new currents will carry us into the red yawn of morning. We need only wait and I pour water over his parched, barnacled skin. This next one is called Letter in December. It's about living in Eugene and kind of uh, the dissolution of a marriage, I guess. But there was lots of rain there. (laughs) Sometimes it would snow. Letter in December, on the dim blue horizon, a tree line, on the morning walk, a song, a percussion of coupling in your head, beating a drum top of want, of God, help me forget, branches laden with snow you don't want to see on that line. Cones are waiting for spring to be dropped, when animals will tear and bite them apart. You find the shortest, the darkest, the kinkiest hairs on your head, pull them out at the root, pluck and pinch like a flame out stop removing roots from your head the thinning is inside now the cones on trees up close they seem you grasp at branches wanting to feel each sprig each frost-covered needle as something to be revealed the december snow is rain frozen and globuled together is the fence and earth melting at breakneck is the surface and lack of surface, is the pillar in the mountain, is the man and the boy turning man, is what fell the morning after you left his house, is not here but inherent in the incessant patter and drip, is the force of what will be here, weathering. Deferral. There is a note suspended. It is as if we are in a silent film, The steamboat moves slowly downriver. The calliope music plays, but we don't hear it. There is an estuary where seagulls circle the skeleton of an abandoned pier, a canoe tossed on the breakers, seaweed and little little blobs of tar scattered over sand. Nothing then crumbs, a fledgling hopping, a blurred flapping. Erosion stretches to where breakers fill tide pools and anemones cling to rock. Leap in the scaffold will catch you. Wings fit between forked beams. It is low tide. Okay, I'm going to just read a couple more poems from this chapbook, and then I think I'm going to read my newer ones. So <laughs> This one's kind of like tragicomic, so, but I, I'm kind of fond of it even though it's kind of ridiculous. It's based on something that actually happened. It's called Nerves Ending. I'm a woman who yesterday killed a goose. That is, I walked through the middle of a flock, causing them to take off flying all up into the air, the entire flock, from the movie theater parking lot. But there was one goose who flew straight into a telephone pole. It flew straight into the pole, or perhaps the line because geese know not to fly into trees, and then fell. The goose landed, thwack, flat on its back in a snowbank, neck twisted under, kicking legs as it watched me honking incessant its pain seemed excruciating i locked the nerve to watch i left before it could die unable to bear witness to life fallen to ground so easily someone must have buried it or maybe it got up on its own either way when i returned to the same spot it was gone usually i bury the dead this time i didn't It hadn't died yet, and I didn't want to stick around to see if it would make it. I wanted it to survive, but I couldn't bear the thought of having been responsible for its death. I don't want to do the same thing with you if we are dying. I want to sit, watch it finish kicking its webbed feet, masked neck, twisted sickly to one side, broken beads in its dark eyes, watching me as it honks soft and helpless till the noises dissipate into winter air and the fading light of the afternoon is finally enough, closing its eyes to pass from this existence into the next, one of the earth, of being buried in it. This last one's called Suffice. A beautiful man, slender like a reed, A fish, actually, only harder. Not so much slippery as silver and difficult to spot, surfacing now, again, sometimes. It is only the beginning of such pandering. Become dagger of where you begin and I end. A question of endings over much time. Years. Millennia, actually. Despite inevitable joustings that flutter you between spaces therein. Despite hazel eyes surrounding through, around, find the hook, bite, or don't, lest you become fodder for worms, down in the soil only nitrogen, calcium here, best thing really, the best thing, the only thing to point one's finger toward, alive, I want to continue, connected we are, strings of yarn woven together, dyed lilac, seeping through wool, scratched, and scratching and dragged over tree trunks, rough branches, bark pulls, pull harder. You crush me, wincing. It is like that, the inevitable surfacing of bodies. They float, knocking pale limbs against the riverbank, tangled, half-submerged, never letting up. Let up. Become content with angles. No circles, with less expel your expectations erasure if you so much as breathe don't move lest you scare the sliver of creature to down beneath the surface of water is hybrid it is surface and lack of surface but it must suffice mouth sliver whatever it is you may want to find here and there there Okay, <laughs> so I wrote a few, couple, several poems trying to write about the pandemic. It's it's tricky, it's difficult, but <laughs> one thing, well, I'll just read, I'll just read it without explaining, uh, doom scrolling, it's a thing. <laughs> I do the same thing each morning, go first to the coronavirus dashboard, see where we are today. As of this morning, we've reached 19,679 cases here in Idaho. That was two days ago. 173 deceased. Then to the New York Times, where I inadvertently pieced the headlines together in my head. I've never been much of an erasure poet, but here I can't help doing that somewhat. Unemployment claims exceed one million for the 19th straight week. How local COVID deaths are affecting vote choice. Willing to get into trouble, The last quote from a song from the memorial service of recently passed Congressman John Robert Lewis of someone willing to get and willing to stay in good trouble. It behooves me to immerse my body between those who wish to harm those with darker skin and the armed officers taking orders from corrupt fascist dictators to stand for what is right since who knows how much longer any of us will be left standing after the virus has ravaged every city block. When I tell the checkers at the small local grocery store I frequent, I don't seem to have a filter anymore. If I see Turkish figs, I buy them. I figure I could be dead by next year. Why not enjoy them now? I'm alive. <laughs> Good fortune. This morning, we're at 20,246 people having contracted the virus in the state of Idaho. 177 haven't died of it. And I'm starting to wonder, is it dangerous to go out in public at all? On the New York Times Global tracker map of the hotspots, we're one of the countries in bright red, along with Brazil, South Africa, Colombia, Oman, and Estuatini. That's the country just above South Africa. It takes sharing the common affliction of tinpot dictators wanting more power to land us squarely toe-to-toe with these nations, and yet, during the worldwide wars, when we claimed to be against fascism, we at least knew to punch Nazis when we saw them not to allow them to patronize our restaurants and drive honking through our towns, flying red flags of defeated civil wars behind them. In spite of all of it, I'm fortunate. Fortunate to be safe and a relatively sound mind and body. Fortunate to be white passing, to have a job and live in a house and have enough to eat. Fortunate to know how to shelter in place, to protect myself from the virus rather than having to live out in the street or to have bombs raining down on my head or some other such atrocity. Yes, I want to hug friends upon seeing them rather than being forced to bump elbows or resort to Zoom or the phone to remain connected, but I also want to live. I want others to live and let live, allowed the ability to live. (laughs) This last one, Due to the Pandemic. A fellow Radio Boise DJ started the following thread thread on Twitter. Name a song lyric followed by Due to the Pandemic. He wrote, Don't stand so close to me, Due to the Pandemic. I wrote, I believe when I fall in love with you, it will be forever due to the pandemic. Puts a different spin on it, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, and yet I feel no less drawn to the idea of you than I was last night or this morning when I imagined you holding me or me holding you. And there is that, and there is so much more my mind wants to believe, and yet I know it consists of mostly just fantasy due to hormones such as oxytocin or lack of thereof, due to a certain fantasy of fulfillment as the result of close proximity of another... We are predisposed to such coupling because of the drive to reproduce, to continue to species. That is all, sadly enough, it is merely the drive to mate, to reproduce, the attempt to stave off inevitable mortality, extinguishing of the bloodline that keeps most of us copulating like rabbits. Only the interminable fear of death and decay of the body that instills fear of not being within us. And yet the cemetery is still the most peaceful place in town. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Thanks, Daphne. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> yes, another round for Daphne Stanford. Um, wonderful stuff for sure. <laughs> Some of that but, last stuff was really rough, but I just wanted to bring something that was relevant to you. No, know, I very, very relevant, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, I am curious. But maybe on that note, um, you said you've been struggling a little bit with your work because of this time and all the, you know, the doom scrolling and whatnot.
2: Yeah. How's that been? I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel it's very. I feel as if because of the fact that I, in the past, I've written a lot about, like, oh, I don't know, desire, whatever, you know, nature, the existential, like, kind of the phenomenon of being it just fe- it feels so small compared to what things that are going on right now so I'm struggling to try to figure out how to write about it in a way that's that feels important or relevant or just yeah yes
1: I can I can definitely relate um, yeah. has it has that only increased as things have gotten more and more complicated <laughs> and you know it's been strung out for these months now or I think
2: it's I think it's getting easier I think it's just you know becoming quote-unquote the new normal I guess for lack of a better term uh So, yeah, I think I I think, you know, it's like we have to we have to find things that that help us remember who we are and who we were before all this started and how to stay sane. So writing is definitely one of those things for me. So so I feel like I've been writing more lately, if not less.
1: That's good. Yeah, it is important to be able to have these kind of connections. And it's awesome to have you as part of this series. Um, Yeah. And I, one of the connections you make in the community is with the poetry show. So tell us how that's been going in this time and how, how that, uh, I don't know, is going to be looking going forward.
2: It's it's great. I mean, I've done lots of Zoom interviews and I, I continue, I you know, it's great. It's like you contact presses and like, hey, I have a show on, about poetry. And they're like, cool, we'll send you some books. I'm like, sweet. So <laughs> now I have a lot of poetry I have to read um, from like Wave Books and Gray Wolf and Copper Canyon and I have to I have to keep on sometimes I just honestly just tag people on Twitter like hey you want to be on a show (laughs) and they'll be like yes or no but it's fine they're always really nice about it so I it's made me less self-conscious if anything you know because you you have to just get over yourself like I've gotten through some interviews that were just kind of painful where the, the the person I'm interviewing is clearly annoyed or just bored or being rude and I just have to keep on going like just like, I won't say name names, but yeah, okay. it's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's live radio.
2: Yeah. So. Well, luckily
1: I get to edit, see, because oh, okay. it's pre record so. Nice. When, where do we find the poetry show?
2: Oh, yeah. You can go to radioboise.org <laughs> or 89.9 or 93.5 downtown translator. Um, but I recommend streaming it if you want to. And you can listen to old shows if you're bored. And uh, there's lots of really good shows on there. So.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure there's been a bit of a, a salve, I suppose, during this time too to connect with other poets and yeah. just people in general. So
2: Yeah, there's actually a really great um poetry workshop that Jeffrey Nutter does online every Saturday and I've participated in it a couple times. He's really great and it's it's no charge and yeah, you just it's pretty cool. You just meet these random people. A lot of them live in New York City, but yeah, I think we're lucky that way. We don't live in like these tiny little at least. Train car apartments.
1: <laughs> it's true. We get uh, spacious, you know, expansive spots like this uh, yeah. to house some performances. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, one of the upsides of Zoom and all that world is definitely being able to connect with people all over the world mm-hmm. in such a manner with these with workshops and stuff. So that's that's cool that you're able to. Uh, yeah. You know stay in contact with people you might not otherwise be able to I'm trying to yes yeah <laughs> i'm a hugger so it's
2: i'm bummed that i can't hug ah. my friends but you know yes it is you know you got to do what you got to do i guess
1: so. that's true we hmm. do but uh, thanks so much daphne yeah. Thank and you. um yeah we'll just uh be in touch <laughs> and we have jodine up next so hey forrest will get you up here to sanitize for us and we'll just uh have jodine revere up in a few minutes Cool. Yes, our next event, as I previously mentioned, I believe, is um, on a Tuesday, uh, August 11th, and we have Lily, Lily, Lily Yasuda right there in the middle of the uh, of the garden is going to be one of our featured artists, along with Amy Pence Brown and Russell Wilson, who won our for Big Tree Arts for one of our collaborators, we in the lead up to it um in March, we had a contest, um a spoken word contest, and uh, the winner got was gonna to get to perform with uh, one of our featured poets at the Egyptian. Um that's Russell Wilson, but uh not the quarterback Russell Wilson, but she is um a fantastic spoken word artist who's gonna be here also. But um that'll be on the eleventh at five thirty, so it's an to 7 so it's an evening event and one of the things with those Tuesday events um, they're sort of predicated on tipping um, as far as tipping the scales by pre-sale tickets so we really appreciate if you guys would get on there we've sold um, a handful already but uh, we need to reach a certain number via the, the garden site and all that kind of stuff to make sure it happens i mean we're kind of guaranteeing a tip for um this last one and we will buy out the remaining tickets if need be but uh yeah if you can get some folks to go online and, and pick up their, their tickets at our facebook page the event page or you can link to it through the the gardens website Thanks. All right. So, our next featured creative is uh, Jodine Revere. Um, And Jodine is a long-time presence in the Boise Theater and performance arts scene. Uh, She has worked with Boise Contemporary Theater, Alley Repertory Theater, Homegrown Theater, Opal Theater, and Campfire Theater Festival in main stage productions, as well as staged readings. Uh, She also has been an ensemble member of migration theory site-specific works s5 small matters and upcoming another another agatha voice for herself about her trifecta of cancer adventures maybe there's a typo in there i'm not is that <laughs> right jody Boy, that
3: didn't trifecta me. of cancer adventures That's i see okay right. okay um
1: and that uh, was a workshop was supposed to preview on March 23rd uh, as, as well as another another Agatha, which was the, sh- the show to showcase during Treefort surprise. Um, so now she's writing a short one-woman show about the one-woman show about the Big C that got indefinitely postponed because of, of a new and different Big C super meta. She thanks the CCC awards which she did win for some awesome work. She's gonna probably feature. Today. Um and just for you say thanks for giving you the opportunity. And we're happy to have you. So yeah, maybe tell us a tiny bit about your project and what you're gonna read for us today.
3: Uh, um, essentially I'm just reading some musings that I've done, like everyone's been doing nothing but musing for the last last four months. Um that yeah, I had this this project ready to do. I had written a one-woman show called The Persistent Guest that I had done as a reading at the Ming, and then we were going to do a workshop of it at BCT, and then I was going to have a two-week run in their upcoming season, so it was very exciting. And then, yeah, that all stopped. So initially, when I got the CCC grant, I thought, I'm going to write a one-woman show about the show and kind of do that thing. And then just as time has gone on and there's been like such an epic level of deconstruction and unfolding of everything – it seems sort of irrelevant for me to do so, and I just feel like I kind of need to step back and uh, share some observations and not be trying to create something, for me personally quite so yes,
1: right now. Yes, I know. Even from the time you probably pre- presented your you know, CCC project, right. things have shifted in oh, shade. wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, big time. Well, cool. Big I'll time. get off the stage, and thanks for being here.
3: Thank you, Christian. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Groundhog's Day, 2020. Day 15, the salad days. The house is quiet in the soft morning light that stripes through the blinds. Beyond quiet, it is still. A cool spring breeze through the open window. My eyes flicker open, taking in the Parisian blue walls of my bedroom. My raccoon-sized ginger cat Julian is standing on my chest, compressing my sternum with a weight that's oddly comforting and just shy of alarming. His particular hues of marmalade solids and stripes are so aesthetically pleasing against the blue of the walls. Ugh. He telepathically demands breakfast with his slitty little jade green dragon eyes accompanied by a Morris code of purrs so that there's no mistaking his intent. I like to imagine that he's fond of me for reasons other than my being in charge of the food supply. I smile. I stretch. I run my hand over his voluminous fur body. I am first and foremost a sensualist, all things sensory. I take a deep, luxuriant inhale and exhale, and I remember that I am on sabbatical for an undetermined amount of time, and I'm okay with that. Going through cancer treatment twice is great training for COVID lockdown. Stay home, be still, rest. No problem. And bonus, this time I get to do it without being bald and toxic and exhausted and food tasting like metal, so yay, right? I throw the comforter off, rise and my morning dance begins. Robe, kettle on, cats fed, all windows open, incense burned, water boiled, coffee made. I move outside, coffee in hand, and slip into my hot tub. I know. I've lived in this house for seven years, and every morning the first thing that I do after making coffee is go outside. Year-round, I never miss a morning. Breathe fresh air, take a pulse on the season, and immerse myself in the real, actual, physical world before being engulfed in the diversionary modern living smokescreen of doing, achieving, consuming, and branding. I give thanks for my wondrous landlord, praying that I never have to leave this Shangri-La. I repeat this ritual, too, every single morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I give extra thanks to be able to shelter in place here. I say a prayer for my friends who live in New York City who haven't left their apartment at all. Taking a walk is an impossibility. After my soak, I get dressed and step out into the silent streets at somewhere between 7 and 7.30 a.m. At various times in my life, my sporadic, half-assed attempts at a morning ritual have included meditation or yoga or writing morning pages, but now it is solely my morning miles. It is preternaturally still outside, the same hushed quiet that accompanies an eclipse, a breath-holding. No cars, no planes, no people, only birds. With no other noise pollution, you can hear the individual calls. And it is a symphony punctuated with resonant, sustained silences. I love this. I don't love the why, but I love the pause. I have no job, nowhere to go or be. I start exploring trails and places I would have never bothered with when I was merely trying to get in a 30-minute walk between other important things. Now the walking, running is the most important thing. It is the non-negotiable 90 minutes on my to-do list every single day. I found a repertoire of routes that I'm now familiar with. I switch it up daily. I do not bring a phone. I do not wear a watch. The movement of the sun, my real-time analog clock, you can hear the ticking. Everywhere I look is too much exuberant beauty. It is almost painful to take it in. Is it always this lush, this overwhelming? Or does the absence of people pulling focus allow the volume to be turned up so much more? It's like walking through a deserted studio allotment to look like a neighborhood. Crocus, tulips, hyacinth, daffodils, will eventually give way to cherry pear and apple blossoms then the snowstorms of magnolia and dogwood i am drunk on the fragrant air i walk and walk and walk i make my way home to my books my writing my garden my contemplation 5 o'clock is happy hour i cook a delicious thoughtful meal that i share with my daughter and roommate my sheltering pod I might watch some marvelous series in the evening. Uh, The Great, Mrs. America, Pen15, Mrs. Fletcher, The Eddie, Dave, Crashing. I Love Dick. That's a show. I go to bed early and sleep well. I rest. I keep myself and others safe, and I am patient and gather myself up for a long haul. I can do this. Groundhog's Day 108. After all, tomorrow is another day, and that is starting to feel like a threat. The house is quiet in the soft morning light that stripes through the blinds. My eyes flicker open, still loving the blue walls. Giant ginger cat standing on my chest. He wants food. I'll pretend he loves me. I smile. I stretch. I take a deep, satisfying inhale, and on the exhale, my heart seizes up and I think, Dear God what noxious fuse did he who must not be named light while I slept what new virulent derisive fire is burning because of him and his soulless little shark-eyed minions I've been asleep for seven hours you know a lot of damage can be done in seven hours and don't forget we're still in a pandemic right (laughs) (sighs) a wave of nauseating unease requires several more steady breaths to quell the sickness here we go Rise, robe, kettle on, cats fed, windows open, incense burned. But there's not enough sage in all of Idaho to cleanse this mess. Coffee made, go outside, soak, give thanks for the safe place. Go inside, put on clothes, out the door, into the morning, my morning miles. At first I feel like I'm fleeing. My pace quick, just short of a jog, trying to outrun, well, everything. Everything. My brain firing and flashing around a roundup of all of the horrors committed on this planet from the beginning of time moving into a brief high-speed flashcard assault of this country's history and more specifically the last four years, the last four months, the last two weeks, the last 24 hours and I shake my head and make some sort of guttural sound like "Ah!" I lumber down the sidewalk, ugly mouth-breathing and keep moving, 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 weaving, dodging. I am Teflon. No, what if fear barnacles can stick to me and half a mile in, I jump cut out of the global panic IMAX disaster extravaganza in my head and into a cool indie film that takes place at a Wes Anderson cocktail party at some spectacular home in the Hollywood Hills starring me, my faults and bad judgments and everyone I've ever known. All of the guests aggressively drunk and contentious, myself painfully sober. As I inch forward through the crowd of unruly woes, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, I'm, I'm sorry, who, who are you? Can I get back to you on that? Wow, no, sure, I don't remember that. Yet. Yeah, yikes, actually, I, I do remember that. Yeah, Jesus, what are you doing here? I never thought I'd see you again. I smile, I nod, I acknowledge. My sweat smells like shame, and fear, and regret. The people I love and care for the most recoil from me and turn their backs. The long-gone, long-expired friendships and relationships dog me like a pack of hyenas. And as I run the last of this psychological gauntlet, I burst through the French doors and out onto the deck, gasping for air and take in the rarefied view. The world burns below me. And my internal psyche trash fire burns behind me, engulfed in flames, am I? Again, I aggressively shake my head, yet expel another variant of anxious animal sound and clear my vision of this shitty movie. The flapping, clicking sound as the final reel plays itself out. The film bubbles, melts, the screen goes white. I deepen, control my breath, heavy on the exhale, scanning my actual external surroundings. My neighborhood between March and June is a riot of color, scent and green unfurling. Lifetimes elapse in three months. And in spite of the endless lies, the deaths, the violence, the mess, the hatred, the incompetence, the virus, the world turns. The plants grow, the seasons change. In spite of us and the damage that only humans can inflict, there is life and growth. Everywhere I look is still such exuberant beauty. It is almost painful to take it in. The brazen drunkenness, the shameless redolence of lilacs. I mean, how dare they? Thank God they only bloom for three weeks or we would all swoon ourselves into a rapture. But then wait, wait for it. Peonies. Damn you. Abundance after abundance after abundance. I stay alert for other walkers and runners that in the early days were non existent. Now they're more plentiful, but still few and far between. The polite games of, of chicken, crossing to the other side of the road or the trail for each other to pass, now that we're all potentially rogue Death Stars. Frequently I step aside for an unwavering, unsmiling, unacknowledging person who never slows for an instant as they take up their rightful space. Business as usual. I do not bring a phone. I do not wear a watch. I can hear the ticking. It's loud, this ticking. It is begging us to listen to it. Chalk drawings cover all the sidewalks. Games of hopscotch. Hearts and flowers and urgings of have a good day. We can do hard things. You are loved. We will get through this. Black lives matter. Be safe. And my heart unclenches. Words of encouragement, love, and human decency. Every lawn immaculate. Never has home care been such a priority. New fences, paint jobs, raised beds constructed, gardens planted, hammocks assembled, and puppies. Oh God, so many puppies. And also the entire city is pretty much an open container zone for alcoholic beverages around the clock, which is kind of cool. I settle into the rhythmic cadence of swimming through... Instead of running from or hurrying back to what? There's nowhere to go back to. That bridge has been blown up. And we are frozen mid-stride over the threshold of liminal space. Stepping out of the past, but we haven't yet touched down into the future. That future doesn't exist yet. We get to utilize this, the great pause, to carefully decide what future we're building. I mentally sift through the ashes of the dueling fires that flared up as I walked out of my house and find that find what I can use to frame something fresh and powerful and what needs to be left alone to burn itself out the 2020 hindsight to help us inform the future I am a walking gratitude meditation one step at a time and now and now And now, no more, no more, no more. The heaviness and fog lift from my heart and head as I move as the day unfolds around me. As I humbly drink in the privilege of this being my full-time job for now. And how can I use what arises from this time to affect change, to assist to make a contribution, to change what I refuse to accept. And there is so much that I will absolutely not accept any longer. I make my way home to my books, my contemplation, my podcasts, my great unlearning of so much misinformation. And this is a full-time job. Even as some have returned to work or can work remotely, I am an actor and a massage therapist, and it is unsafe, impractical, and impossible for me to do my job. Theaters are shuttered, filming halted, and I used to do bodywork out of my house, so no way on that. I am completely self-employed, and I never received unemployment benefits. Thanks to my CCC Artist Grant and Rebound Idaho, by living very simply I can make it to October 1st, and then I have no idea what I'll do. But I am very lucky, and I will unwaveringly do everything I can to keep myself and others safe. It is not business as usual. Happy hour sometimes now starts at four-ish. Now, I can no longer watch any movie or any series besides Queer Eye. I can't bear to be subjected to anything other than hugging and positivity and kindness and radical, loving honesty, inclusivity, pleasing, functional interiors, simple, exquisite food and bold, flattering fashion choices. I almost forget that they are real people actually doing good and not some impossible science fiction fantasy series. Oh, my God, how I love those boys. They are helping save the world one loving interaction at a time. I vote for them. The thrill and fear of knowing that at 58, I will not settle quietly into my golden years, but I will step forward to be a part of the co-creation of a new world that is so dearly in need of restructure and tender loving care. The young people are not going to do this for us. It will only happen if we work together tirelessly every day to change the narrative, and we can change the narrative. In the Bill Murray film Groundhog's Day, his character Phil finds himself trapped in an endless loop of the same day, waking up to the same song, the same ridiculous radio personality every morning, and he wastes and abuses his life in acts of greed and gluttony, self-involvement, debauchery, deceit, willful manipulation, and utterly disregard for everyone who crosses his path. He finally stops the relentless cycle through deep personal reflection, forced on him, but through deep personal self reflection, and an understanding that his time and energy is of the most use, is most satisfying when he's acting from a place of genuine care for others. Phil says, I'll tell you what I do know. Even in a day as long as this, even in a lifetime of endless repetition, there's still room for possibilities. He sees the possibility for positive change and he makes it a reality. He stops his personal contribution to the cycle of destruction. After all, tomorrow's another day. It's another day to make a change. And thank God for that. I don't want to wake up one more morning hearing Green Day's American Idiot blaring from my clock radio. It's time to end the cycle and change the station. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much, Jodine. revere everybody, (laughs) that was wonderful. So this came out of a previous. I mean, how is this similar in any way to a previous project or? It it is so not
3: previous to anything. Um, Maybe in the tiniest little bit, um, my show. an invited guest or the the persistent guest. God, I forgot. It's been so long. I forgot the name of my own show. The persistent guest, um, was about just how having cancer kind of changed my perspective and having gone through it three times, three times, um, that eventually you get to a point where you're like, ah, eh, whatever. Like there's just like nothing that could bother you about it. So kind of this whole thing, I'm sort of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to stay home and be safe, but I've been afraid for my life many times. I'm kind of okay. Um, So that was that piece. And so this is just riding a whole different wave in a different direction. But the fact that I feel like having had that other, those other experiences have helped make this, I don't know what the word is. I mean, not necessarily more palatable, but I mean, a little bit easier to navigate. And it's still like so hard, even though I'm reasonably optimistic human being, it's rough. And I feel very lucky that I do have. A home and place and things and I'm not trying to figure out how to wait tables for people who won't wear masks and any of that kind of nonsense that's going on so
1: yeah I mean that's a good message for I think all of us to hear you know because we all are despairing and having our own troubles yeah. you know sort of you know emotionally psych- psychologically you know financially um yeah. it's is difficult but uh I, you know, I really admire your honesty and just like your self-reflection um and it will be an interesting we talked about this with some other artists involved in this series and I have talked with this about you No, know, but the about this with a number of friends who make art and write and stuff But this documentation you have of this time I think will be really valuable probably to yourself and just yeah. maybe even three months from now one month from now Next week who knows what else is coming right, down the like pike. Every day, so, yeah, a but,
3: different narrative is happening.
1: So. yeah Did you feel like yeah. it came pretty organically um, when you wrote started writing this project?
3: Yes, although it's like I said, it has changed so many times. Like I initially started writing, I don't know, maybe two weeks after things happened, and then a month later, I'm like, well, that's dumb. None of that matters anymore. And then three days later, I'm like, well, pff, that's dumb. That doesn't matter anymore. And so it's just been this constant thing. So I finally just like put it all aside, and about a week ago, I was like, okay, you just kind of have to to deal with this particular time frame and not trying to necessarily catch up with everything else that's happening, but. Kind of go backwards and like what was that like and that for me those in that first month was really magical like I loved that first month and when they lifted the ban and people started being I'm like no 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 like go back and be quiet just stop don't do it so that was a very magical time for me and I realize that's kind of a weird experience but that was my experience and yeah I, I can relate a bit to many that many too things. um <laughs>
1: Staying fairly busy with online things, though, kept me maybe out of the Zen sure. zone all the time. But, uh, yeah, I had that feeling um, when the streets were busy again. I was like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know as right. much or the foothills. And I everybody's think the, out there. Like, right, oh.
3: exactly. And I think because of the fact that what I do, there's no way for me. I can't work remotely. I can't do massage remotely or on the phone. Well, I guess you can, but that's something else. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, like I just couldn't work at all. It just all stopped, and I wasn't worried about it because I had like a little nugget of something to like help me, and so I just got really quiet and really lean. And it's, I feel very lucky for that.
1: That's awesome. Man. That's awesome. Well, we're lucky to have you here. Um, but huge I, thank you to the CCC. Yes, yeah. I know, and it's been been really helpful to so many artists. It's a pretty awesome oh, thing God. they're able to raise, you know. Huge sixty nine seventy thousand dollars from private folks mostly um it was put on by Treefort um and the morrison center and the boise city department of arts and history um and so uh yeah, all kinds of creatives musicians people involved in the food industry actually were in there um lots of writers and um Actors, filmmakers, that kind of stuff. So, um, well deserved for sure. And um, I was going to ask you maybe one final question since you've been involved in the arts in Boise in this community. I mean, maybe a kind of a twofold question. I mean, what do you think of the way it's evolved over the years? Um, I've been here about twenty years myself, or just over that, and seen it really evolve quite a bit and change and morph. But and then maybe where do you think it's going to be going after this? You know, what do you what do
3: you envision? that's the million dollar question uh for sure in the last 20 years i think the whole art scene has changed drastically in boise and uh more people doing experimental theater and the story story nights and the story ford and the poetry slams and all those kinds of things and that so many people are moving here from other cities and other markets um and so then there's this um Yeah, this alliance of like more and more people are coming in and they're very excited and and they're like, wow, there's really powerful, very strong work that's happening here. Um, Because I think sometimes, you know, Idaho gets the, you know, the podunk shaft. For, for that. So anyway, that's been really wonderful. And then in this last year of just working on this piece that I was going to do, and then working on Tracy Sunderland's migration theory piece, which I've done her two previous things, and I was so excited to work on this. And so I felt like I was poised in this really exciting place. I'm like, man, you're almost 60. And like, look at all the stuff that's about to happen in your life. It's very exciting. And then everything stopped. Um, so I do feel that I think a lot of people are honoring the need to be quiet and to not necessarily I mean if you feel inclined to create that's lovely but there shouldn't be like a shaming of you should be writing a novel every day since you have all this time off because that's there's still this overarching oppressive really frightening thing in the air and so I think it's equal parts of like where do you find the way to motivate yourself to do things and then also like really tend to yourself and not not feel like you have to do epic amounts of work in the in the construct of this this time so and i don't know i'm very curious to see what that looks like and um maybe with like tracy's work like smaller intimate which her work is already very small and intimate but maybe even like smaller tinier groups of people and maybe there's like only one actor and primarily you're just hearing stuff and having like a really, really intimate, intimate situation. And then as far as the theaters go, man, I have no idea because that, you know, being inside a closed box is not a place to be right now. So um, I don't know. I think as we just continue to uh, be open and not try to make it like it was before, but be open to like, what is, what can't, like what's the next level for everything instead of feeling like a loss. So.
1: Okay, then. There you have it. That was our series of Bloom readers live from the garden. We want to thank Jodine, Shriram, and Daphne for being an awesome part of the Bloom series. We want to thank the Idaho Botanical Garden for hosting us and collaborating with us. We want to thank Tree Fort Music Fest. We want to thank all of you. We want to thank the band Up Is The Down Is The For our wonderful theme music We want to thank D R O P That's Ease Drop Studios um, For wonderfully putting this episode out into the world And we hope you're safe We hope you're well We miss you And someday, meaning September of 2021 We will see you at the fest Take care out there Tomorrow never came